Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of 518 Talks Podcast. I am your host, William Revis. I'm here with Deshaun for Wolfpack Wednesdays. Thank you guys for tuning in. Deshaun, thank you for coming. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Um, Deshaun came up with a great idea, and he wanted to talk about creating your own podcast. Uh, I guess it seems like today I might be on the hot spot a little bit, <laughs> uh, but, you know, this is the Wolfpack. This is what we do. So we're prepared. Deshaun, take it away. Well, I just felt like with the uh, the upgrade in and equipment before we were in our cars or you were home, I was in my car and we were trying to do this and the sound quality kind of uh, took a hit because of it. And we got that and feedback and people liked what we were giving out, Yeah, but they just wanted to either see it or hear it with a little better quality. So you forgot your mic today, <laughs> but we've got the one mic here. We're going to make it work though. As the people that are watching can see, um, but we're going to, we have three mics in. So when we start bringing in other people, we'll all be able to have our respected mics. And if we need more in the future, then, then we'll get that. But yeah, like I said, increase in the quality. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what podcasting has done for you in terms of your reach in terms of your thought process. Cause I'm sure it's all different now. Mm-hmm. And in terms of just how, creating that kind of content makes you feel. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about it is, is it's something I've been thinking about, mm-hmm. but because of all the different things that I do, I didn't know how to start it. Right. Um, and Maya McNulty, who was a guest on 518 Talks, the speaker series, she's actually been coaching me and working with me kind of behind the scenes. So, you know, what she told me was just do it. Do it the first time and and see how it feels. And, you know, the interesting thing was, is like you said, I did the first one from my office with my headset on, you know, mm-hmm. from my <laughs> cell phone. So, you know, to be four or five podcasts in now and to have equipment and to be thinking about content and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting because it's not something I thought I would really be doing. It's right. something I wanted to do. Um, because I come in contact with a lot of people and people we kind of learn and have conversations on the go. So I thought about the individual who's working all day like myself, who sometimes they might listen to a podcast in their car uh, on their way to a meeting first thing in the morning um, on their lunch break or, uh, you know, even in the gym, people listen to podcasts while they're working out. So I thought to right. myself, um, I have enough access to content. Um, Lord knows I can talk if I need to. (laughs) So then it was really just taking the initiative and doing it, you know, and, you know, now that I've done, this is number five or six, Six, um, I like it. You know, I, I enjoy it. I love prepping for it. Um, I love, like we have these Wolfpack Wednesday set up. I I think for, for our listeners and what will be the viewers soon, I think this is going to be really good because it's something they'll be able to schedule their lives to. It's something they're going to look into. So having access to the content, uh, upgrading equipment and stuff like that, it really feels good because it lets me know like this is real. Podcasting is now going to be a part of my life. So I'm excited about it. Absolutely. For talkers like you and I, this is perfect. Perfect. And, <laughs> and I think that because obviously it's Wolfpack Wednesday, uh, you call me in for business, I'm the biz guy, so we'll tie this in with how it works for business, because you do need to create some kind of content. Absolutely. The, the biggest challenge that entrepreneurs face, and you can hear Grant Cardone talk about this all the time, is obscurity. If people don't know who you are, then you're not going to be able to sell or promote or market or do any of the things that are going to make you successful in business. So content is very important, but not everybody's comfortable putting themselves out there. I think that podcasting, at least for me, is a great way to accommodate the person who's a little bit more introverted, who doesn't mm-hmm. want to you know, shoot a ton of video or take a ton of photos or put up a ton of statuses or tweets or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But everybody's got something that they think about. Everybody 
growing up, how many times have you and your friends or you heard younger kids say, we could be on a show. We, yeah. we totally have a show. <laughs> we're, we're that cool. And podcasting really does do that for you. It gives you a show and, you know, you'd be surprised with how many people listen and how many people tune in um, quietly. Yeah. You see the numbers grow and you're like, well, who, who's that who's person? Listening who's to that it, right. person? Just the other day I had somebody who I know, but I barely know. And I talked to you about this off air. He reached out to me and said, uh, do you guys transcribe the podcast? I'd like to be able to read it as well as hear it. I thought that was the coolest yeah. thing <laughs> ever. So um, so how, how would you suggest uh, somebody gets into podcasting? Because they need a topic. They need something to talk about. What are the first steps you should take before starting your podcast? Well, first few things you want to do is, is you know, take an inventory. Uh, what are some of your interests? Uh, also, what are some of your likes? What are some things that you're knowledgeable about? That was kind of, you know, when I worked with Maya, that was what she sent me. And that's what I had to look at. You know, it, it's not enough to get on air or get on a podcast and just start talking about anything. Mm-hmm. What are you knowledgeable in? So I started to think about some of the things that I have conversations with people with, you know, my few, my fellow community leaders. Uh, my fellow business owners, things like that. So within that, I found that my niche is people. Mm. I love people. I love helping people uh, see the potential in themselves. I love people seeing the greatness in, in, in each other. So what I would say for people is sit down and make a list. You know, what are you interested in? What are you really good at? You know, when you're having conversations with friends and family, what are the off-cuff conversations? Because right. you find a lot of times that you're more knowledgeable about situations than you really think. Right. You know, when, you're, when we're just sitting around talking and we have these conversations about business all the time, whether it's in texts or in emails mm-hmm or messenger. So it's like to have a podcast and do Wolfpack Wednesdays is, is it's like second nature now because it's like, well, these are conversations we have anyway. Yeah. So I would tell people just to stick to what you're good at. Don't worry about what other podcasts, what other people are making, what other people are talking about. Talk about what you're really good at talking about. And, and dig into that information. You know, like I, I do research on certain topics. I come up with certain bullet points. But for me, it, I just love like once I get to that point, mm-hmm. then it's just a matter of conversation. I'm just having a conversation with Deshaun. I'm having a conversation with my listeners. I'm having a conversation with the viewers. I'm having a conversation with people who are going to be interested in 518 Talks and who I want to take away from this information. And I just feel as though the people you surround yourself with obviously very, very important. But what's important are the types of interactions you have with those people. That's what makes those relationships important. So, you know, you and I, the way that we met was I co-held an event at the Coco House where we were educating the community Mm -hmm. just about financial literacy, how to increase your financial IQ, how to save money in places where you could without changing anything about what you're doing. Right. And we're going to be offering more of that here down in uh, downtown Schenectady at Urban Coworks. That's but a plug. Make sure you come down and take, set up a, a visit. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be the first sponsor of the <laughs> podcast. But um, it, it was cool that that's how you and I met. Mm-hmm. And from there, we sat down and probably chopped it up for 45 minutes to an hour afterward. And uh, we really clicked. And yeah. that, that's how we ended up in these seats <laughs> like this. But... um. But that's what's so important is, you know, you are the company you keep. You're somebody that I look to for guidance, for for influence, mentorship, and for us to be able to capture what we're talking about, ha- capture our interaction yeah. and provide it to other people. Absolutely. That's that's invaluable to the yeah. public and to listeners. Well, because right now, 
with with the way technology is and social media integration and podcasts and all these things like that is kind of the future of everything is capturing the energy. It's not just enough to have it and just to share it with uh, the people in your immediate circle. You know, step outside your circle, step outside your comfort zone, because like you said, what about those introverts? Right. What about the people who need to be inspired? who need to hear your story or hear the information that you have. And because, you know, we don't always step out, we're not always comfortable stepping outside our comfort zones, they don't get that. So like with meeting you guys, it was it was great because me and Earl had met a couple times. And, uh, you know, what I told you what I from the beginning, what I really loved about him was the fact that he spoke so highly and wanted you to succeed. And, and I and I and I loved that about him because that's a selfless energy. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you look at somebody and they're in a good position and they're talking about how they want to put someone else in an even better position. That meant a lot to me. So it was only natural now that now I have to meet you. <laughs> I got to meet you. Let me let me see what right. you're talking about. And my and then having my own interaction with you, it's like, no, I see what he sees. So now, again, I appreciate that. like, no, absolutely. Big endorsement. <laughs> because you have you have a ton. You are a wealth of information and you can touch people in a way I can't. You know, because I'm a little bit older, so I can, you know, offer certain level of information. But your story and what you're doing right now is inspiring. You're you've bypassed some of the risks and some of the decision making that I wish I could have made when I was younger. It was information I wish I had and I did. Whether I didn't put myself in a position to get it or I wasn't in a space where my maturity level wasn't there. You have a certain maturity about you that I respect. Well, that's that's all it really is, is positioning is what you just touched on, because you surround yourself with the right people. As I said before, it's super important. So for me, all, you know, all of my friends, all of my closer friends as of late are all over 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right. And, um, but it's actually served me really well. It's, um, it's helped my thought process. It's helped the, the, the relationships that I have outside of just with you guys. It's helped my income. It's, it's done everything for me. And I'm not saying that you need to go out and get a bunch of older friends, but I am <laughs> saying that you need to surround yourself with people who, who are passionate, who are driven, who are focused, and who have reasons to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in my age group, my generation right now, we don't have a whole lot of things that we're coming home to. We don't have you know a spouse or children or a lot of us, uh, even at 22, don't have a lot of bills, don't have a lot of, you know, overhead. And mm-hmm. um, so it kind of gives people a platform to do one of two things. It's either work really hard without anybody looking over your shoulder or try to control your recklessness without anybody looking over your shoulder. So it's about positioning. And uh, with that, if you surround yourself with people that will hold you accountable, push you to do more, like, you, you can have an inspiring story as well. And when I say you, I mean the listeners. Absolutely. They, they can have an inspiring story as well because my story is just beginning. But like you said, I have people that come up to me on a daily basis, whether it's when I'm getting gas or just in my messenger, like, hey, keep keep doing what you're doing. It's like, do you know what I'm doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I know you're doing something. And it's just, it, it really speaks to the brand. It speaks to the content. It speaks to um, character yeah. and and I'm just grateful for the position that I'm in because of those who I surround myself with. Well, yeah, and the thing is, is you never know who's watching. You know, and right. the thing is, is a lot of the times that's I get, taught me. This has taught me that <laughs> in a big way. I get a lot of credit for the stuff 
that people see me do, but they don't know the team behind me. You know, my wife is a quiet leader. She's not really one for the limelight, but she's always motivating and supporting and pushing. My brother, you know what I'm saying? He's developing into a leader. You know, my daughter, she sees. So as we're building these platforms, and I've been blessed in the last few years to, you know, be the founder of Save Our Streets Incorporated, 518 Talks, the 518 Talks podcast, the executive director of the Cocoa House and all these titles. But at the end of the day, all these things for me all boil down to impact. Mm-hmm. My interaction with people on a regular basis, which I love. I'm a people person. Yeah. So so I love having those those conversations with people. I love impacting their lives. I love people impacting mine as well. You right. know, I'm inspired by the people I work with because they inspire me, not because for me it's like I just want to inspire them. No, I am inspired by working with other people because I see the greatness in everybody I'm yeah. around, which a lot of times is hard for people to, it's a scary place for people to, see, to be in when I'm always talking greatness. I'm great, I see greatness in myself. And for other people that's difficult because they're like, well, how do you see that? You know, and it's like, well, that's just, that's what's in my heart. Right. So if I can see greatness in me, I can see it in, in you as well. So in being in that space and sharing in that space, it's never, it's never a negative effect. I can never yeah, be. How do you, how do you differentiate those things where it's not intimidating? It's not like impeding yeah. on your success. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's different. I, I'm not really sure. Um, for me, it's just a matter of, that's just a, a space I had to grow into. It's not a space I was always in. It's a space I'm in now. Um, so how do you make sure that you're not intimidated or uh, nervous by anybody else doing something in your arena? Because, you know, you're a people person, but there's competition when it comes to everything you're doing. So how can you see somebody else be so great and, uh, and not let that affect how you recognize your own greatness? A lot of work on self and understanding that everybody has the right to be great with their own potential. Somebody else's potential is none of my business. My job is just to be great at me being great, me being great as William Revis, not as somebody else. A lot of times, especially in community work, there's this there's this idea of competition. And the thing is, is you can never really be in competition when you're doing work in the community because the community always needs assistance. So I'm, I'm a, I would assume in that space that the competition would be for I did that. I am the one who <laughs> my name is on that. Me, yeah. me, me. Yeah. That that would that is the thought. And a lot of times that's what happened. And, and, and truthfully, um, when I first started, I was very naive to this and I bought into a lot of that. I did give a lot of that competitiveness off and I did, you know, I'm doing this and, and I tried to outdo other people until, you know, again, my wife being a wonderful person, she is, she kind of pulled me in, she reeled me in and she's like, William, what are you doing and why? And I'm like, well, I did this. And she's like, no, 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 you're, you're missing what I'm saying. If you're doing what you're doing for the purpose, then it shouldn't be about the person. Right. And so now that is a concept that, you know, kind of once I heard it, it still took time for me to develop and understand. Mm -hmm. But then I was able to implement it into my life. So now I'm at a place where I understand, like, there is no competition in the community for community work. I don't buy into that. I want to support everyone and everything as long as I have time. But I understand that now I'm just in a different space. Right. And, and my sense of understanding doesn't allow me to feel like just because you're doing an event and I'm doing an event doesn't mean that we're in competition with each other. Same way, just because you're doing a podcast and I'm doing a podcast, it doesn't mean that I'm like trying to take your. No, that, <laughs> but unfortunately, people look at it like, yeah, that. yeah. a lot of times people get into that space and, then, you know, because it was a space I was in at one time, 
I understand it. So even if somebody's in that space, I, I don't judge them because that's a space they're in in their life. And eventually, you know, that I, I hope that they grow out of it the same way that I had to grow out of it. And now I just appreciate people and I appreciate their ability to be great differently, right. you know, because of where I'm at. And everything you do has been made easier and more impactful once you oh, absolutely. Once you stop being so entitled, <laughs> took a step yes, back. And, much simpler. <laughs> okay, cool. And you were talking about community work. Have you done, Is because the last podcast that 518 Talks released was the Wolfpack Wednesday, last Wednesday, correct? Yes. Okay, so let the people know what you have going on in the community, because you've been very busy <laughs> over the yes. past couple of days. <laughs> so what are you doing right now? Uh, right now, we're prepping for our fourth annual Random Santa drop-off which is uh, we, we have a Christmas bus uh, that's donated to us by Brown Transportation. Cool. Um, and this idea was uh, my wife came up with this idea four years ago to just take Christmas gifts and go throughout the, the most impoverished parts of the city and give out gifts at random. No signups, no need for anything. And the only reason we originally put it on social media was because when I originally told people what we were doing, nobody believed us. Yeah. So, so the <laughs> only way, here. right? So the only way to get people to see it was to put it on social media, right. and to see how it's grown in the last four years has been amazing. You know, last year we gave Christmas gifts to 250 kids throughout the city of Schenectady. Wow, really? Yes. Five bus stops. Um, now we have partners with the Schenectady Police Department. So there's literally six or seven cars. There's like 10 to 12 officers. And we're literally shutting down parts to the city, shutting down whole blocks as we're hopping out on this bus. 50 people hopping out with garbage bags and, and gift bags full of toys, just <laughs> knocking on doors, awesome. giving out gifts in traffic. And you, we have uh, news cameras following us. And it's just it's amazing to be a part of it. Describe that moment when you hand somebody a gift that they weren't expecting. It's the, it's literally the first time we did it. It's literally one of the greatest feelings. Yeah. When we gave the first gifts to those kids, they were standing outside. It was Christmas Eve. They're standing outside. There was, there was no tree in the house. There was no lights in the window. There were no decorations. And we just walked up to them and opened the bag. And they're looking at us like this. And their parents are on the porch looking at us. And we're just reaching in the bag, pulling out gifts, giving them gifts. And these these kids got so excited, so it made us excited. Yeah. And then we understood like this, we have to do this every year. This has to be a tradition. And you know what's been blessed is people have led us into their homes, into their lives. That's big. Some of the relationships and situations that have been created just out of this one event have been amazing. People still keep in contact and send messages thanking us for for you know, bringing Christmas to their home because without us, a lot of them say, you know, we weren't able to give our kids anything and you did the best you guys could to give, you know, the entire city as much as possible. You know, so I credit my wife, Shantae. It was her idea. Um, you know, I just do a lot of the legwork. I'm the face. She allows me to be that. But, you know, it was a, a great idea. And to have my daughter be involved and yeah. to see this and to have my brother be involved, who's another part of Save Our Streets, to have my family and my community. And it's just it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. I love it. Um, it's something we really look forward to every year. And this year is going to be amazing because we're doing two cities. We're not just doing Schenectady. We've been blessed in, in resources to be able to reach out to people. We're going to deliver in Schenectady and in Albany this year. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And are you shelling out tens of thousands of your own dollars to be able to make this all happen? No. The most beautiful part about it is, is when you're consistent with energy, people start to believe in you. Mm. And if nothing else, something that somebody told me after the very first one was somebody said to me, William, 
don't be so anxious to legitimize your idea because what you have is a movement. And, and I really didn't understand that at the yeah, beginning. Explain that to me. An organization, you, you know, you have a nonprofit, you have a board, you have the policies and procedures, you have the bylaws, you have a, a structured setup the way you do things. With a movement, what was explained to me is, is this is a growing, it's a living, breathing. Save Our Streets is the people. You know, as as the people, as the kids in our program grow, as the kids in our community, as pe more people get involved, the bigger the idea, the bigger the event becomes. And that's how we've gotten to this point. Not because we're shelling out tens of thousands of dollars, you know, to buy all these gifts, but be pe because people believe in what we're doing and they donate. Yeah. If somebody called, I had somebody call me today. Uh, how much money do you need? I said, I don't need any money. I said, if you can go buy the gifts and drop them off. You can buy the gifts and get on the bus and deliver them with us. And he was like, that's literally the first time somebody's ever said that. Usually when I call people for stuff like this, they're asking, you know, there's a set dollar amount to be involved or you got to send a check here. He's like, you're literally telling me you don't want my money. You just want me to be a part. I, yeah, I said, I don't, we're not asking for your money. Right. You can go buy the gifts and wrap them. It's interesting that that's rare for, for somebody who's willing to do something like that because yeah. it's not his first rodeo or her first yeah. rodeo. So that's interesting. So just being a part of it and having this thing grow the way it has last year was absolutely amazing. You know, some of my friends were on the bus and they were looking. They're like, we're being led across the city to shut down traffic and give out these gifts by the same officers who chased us as kids. Yeah. He says, I feel like I'm with the president. He's like, we can literally stop traffic anywhere we're going in the city and just hop out. And the police officers, you know, the love, the compassion, you know, he's like, I've never seen something like this. Really cool. And those are the things I really live for. The second year we did it, we went to a young man's house, myself, my wife. And there's actually a picture of this, um, the police chief and assemblyman Santa Barbara. And a young man answered the door. When that young man answered the door, he yelled upstairs to his mom. He's like, mom, I think somebody's going to jail because the police were with yeah. him. And I'm telling him, I'm like, no. I said, relax. I said, you. But at that moment, it, everything became real because he really believed that somebody in his house was going to jail. Yeah. So to have the police chief bend down and kneel to him and be like, no, that's not what we're here for. Like you, We may have altered that young man's perspective about the police and police interaction for the rest of his life. Right. That's huge. That's that's very like impactful. That's awesome. Uh, the reason why I asked that is because I was kind of framing it a bit because of all the things that you do, then um, you never put your own money forward. You always get donations. Yeah. You always get some type of funds raised for you. And I want to tie this back into business because it is a Wolfpack Wednesday. Yeah. That's a product of networking. Now, you said consistent energy over time is really what puts you in a position to do things like that. But can you talk a little bit about the power of networking and how you've been able to use it in your life? Yeah. Well, I've been blessed because of. So what we've been able to do is, is there is a lot of buy in when people see that you're willing to buy in. So, you know, we may not spend tens of thousands of dollars out of our pocket, but we do purchase gifts just as well as everybody else. And I think that's really where the networking came in. As people saw what me and my wife and my brother were doing the very first year, because the first year we did kind of, you know, buy, we got some donations, but we did go out and buy a lot of gifts. And even, you know, every year we kind of buy a lot. People started to buy into us because they saw we were buying into the idea. Right. And with that, we've met 
people from all backgrounds, you know, politicians have become involved. You know, we have the uh, Brown Transportation donating the bus. This year we have uh, John Scott and Fourth Family, which is another youth group in Albany. Yeah. Um, Trent Griffin and Tech Valley Shuttle, who's an entrepreneur out of Schenectady. Ketchup Enterprise. Um, Sikkim, we have a lot more people now the fourth year in um, that are now buying in because they've sat back and they've kind of watched this thing develop. Yeah. And as I've networked throughout the community as Save Our Streets with the different events and after school programs and talks and different things that we've done, we've been able to create those relationships. And, you know, the thing is, is again, is you just understand that people want to be a part of something good. And, you know, with that, we can I can network and I can build and I can do anything with I can collaborate with anybody. Because at the end of the day, as long as we're focused on the purpose and not the person, the individuals, we can get anything accomplished. So the networking has been key because, you know, that very first event is what started Save Our Streets. That's what we're known for. So we're known for giving. You know, we're not known for community events, which we've started doing, really. But we're really known for this, which is just giving back. It's what we love. It's important. It's important to provide value without making people pay for it. And I think that's one of the best things that the Wolfpack is doing with the, this podcast, with some of the events that we'll hold for the community mm-hmm. that are free of charge, where you can learn something about personal finance and, and uh, credit, business credit, all of those things that we do. So it kind of ties back into what we were talking about at the top of this is content. Mm-hmm. So providing value through your content is is key whenever you're trying to build up your audience for whatever niche you're approaching. So for you, what your pro, uh, the niche that you have is people, uh, community work, and the way that you grow that is not just by talking about it, but actually just action, 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 more action. So <laughs> so you should be proud of that. That's a, awesome. a lot of times my, my wife says that's what gets me in trouble because I'm a doer. Yeah. You know, if I have an idea, I'm, I'm already five steps into getting it done. <laughs> and a lot of times what I had to learn is sometimes, you know, that can be at a detriment because, you know, I don't always involve people the way I was supposed to. Um, and it's just because I just I'm a doer. It's what I do. Absolutely. You know, so in networking with somebody like yourself, who's more of a thinker, but you're a thinker and a doer, you have that balance. It's great because I, I have the opportunity to learn from it. Like, OK, well, maybe I need to plan stuff out a little bit more. That's kind of like what I love about the Wolfpack and where it is we're going, you know, because, again, me being a people person and the information that we're bringing and having the opportunity to bring it back to the community, I think it's huge. Yeah. Because you're dealing with people who, who have been so conditioned by, by, the, by poverty. A lot of times they don't have the tools or necessary the language to get themselves out of those situations. And, and a group like us, like what we have to do is, like you're saying, we have to focus on the execution part of it. Um, the idea is there, the action is there, the intention is there more so than the other two, right. but it's, it's all about execution. And while we're in our infancy, that's something that to be completely transparent with the audience, with you, with everybody, that's something that we've been, uh, I wouldn't say struggling with, but that's been the biggest challenge thus far. Um, business is going to come with a ton of challenges and pitfalls, <laughs> and it's all about how you respond to those yeah. things. But we have definitely seen how difficult things can be when you have you know, you and I had to meet with somebody on the fly. Uh, what was it last Friday? And uh, we had a great meeting and we were sending each other gifts like we were Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> but um, but, you know, that that just talk, that just speaks to the execution because we got to a point where someone needed to make a meeting and they couldn't because they were doing something else for our organization. But we had the people we had the the manpower to step up 
and uh, and take on those responsibilities. Absolutely. So so I know exactly what you mean because doers do just want to do. And you know you ask for forgiveness as opposed to permission. <laughs> you just go out and do things first, <laughs> and uh, you really take stuff and run with it. And I think that having the balance of of thought and doing is really going to put you in a good position no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, so I, I you know this is. This, the evolution of 518 Talks, the podcast, uh, the evolution of 518 Talks, the evolution of Save Our Streets, the evolution of the Wolfpack, like to see all these things grow and to be a part of so many great things, you know, it's important. So as we were talking about in the beginning, uh, a podcast, creating content, that's exactly how you do it. I'm not talking about stuff that I don't know about. I'm talking about all the stuff that I'm going through and I'm currently living. Right. So things I've experienced along the way, uh, working in the community, uh, you know, running for a school board a couple of years ago, running an after school program, doing community events, things of that nature, and now working with you guys. So being able to tie all this information together and deliver it to the community and deliver it to listeners and, and, and people as a whole and viewers, because we're going to have some <laughs> viewers soon. Right. So we're going to appreciate you guys. Um, but I love kind of where I'm at. Again, it's just about being in that space in life. I love it and I appreciate everything I'm doing. Right. And and that's kind of what we were talking to the prospect on Friday about is we're not going to give you any information that we're not applying on our own or have already applied because, you know, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there that are peddling theory as mm-hmm. opposed to something that actually worked. And uh, the only way you find things that work is that you find the stuff that doesn't work first. Yeah. So we do it all for people. We, we're doing all. We're taking all the losses and all the risk and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the front end, and then giving them the back end. And that's yeah. what you're doing in the community. That's what we're doing with the podcast now. To kind of wrap it up, and one more thing about the podcast is how much different does it feel now? That we can actually sit right here and talk. Oh no, nah, this is dope. I love this. <laughs> this nah, is so it. much better. Yeah, yeah. The, the evolution to, to being where this is, and we'll have two mics next week. I promise we'll have <laughs> more mics. Um, and being able to invite guests, having a space to sit and shoot and just having the equipment, like it makes you feel like a professional. You absolutely. know, so so mama, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I'm uh, I'm glad I think we uh I liked the feel of this one. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited for when, cause we're not even in the office right now. We are in a conference room within the office while our office is being cleared out for us. So when we're able to sit around that round table and we're going to have some, uh, you know, some kind of backdrop or something yes. like that, that'll be really cool. Yeah. It's going to be dope. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This is the 518 Talks podcast, Wolfpack Wednesdays with William and Deshaun. Uh, tune in next week. Thank you guys.